2: From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington
3: Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: So, a little presidential politics we'll talk about here. Um, Barack Obama said something on a podcast that got a fair amount of attention over the weekend. uh, About Republican candidates in race. Then Tim Scott was on Fox News Sunday yesterday to respond to that. Let's hear both of those. I think there is a long history of African-American or other minority candidates within the Republican Party who will validate America and say everything's great and we can
2: all make it. There's no higher compliment to be attacked by President Obama. Whenever the Democrats feel threatened, they they pull out, drag out the former president and have him make some negative comments about someone running, hoping that their numbers go down. Here is what people need to know. The truth of my life disproves the lies of the radical left. You talk about addressing the issue of poverty. My Opportunity Zones have seen more than $50 billion go into the poorest, hardest-hit communities in this country. The majority of them are minority. Think about the HBCU funding that, in his administration, he totally missed it. We took the funding for HBCUs to the highest level in the history of the country, and then we made it permanent. And the radical left and the teachers unions refuse to allow quality education in big blue cities. I support school choice because I support common sense. The radical left and President Obama, they have failed, they have failed, and they have failed.
4: So Barack Obama saying, uh, candidates of color are Republicans, say everything's great. No I have never
3: that. heard a, a black republican say that that's no,
4: nobody's saying that yeah. but denying <laughs> there's been unbelievable progress which was a point he made in a speech when he was president Which well, repeatedly great speech he made one time remember what was that what was the incident that brought that about he gave a great speech about people from his father's generation i don't think he used his father cuz his father lived in kenya um uh but, but that generation Um, uh, not recognizing all the progress that had been made. Um, but you know, now he's helping campaign for other Democrats. Uh, so nobody's making that, that claim. And then Tim Scott saying, you can't, you can't tell me that I didn't do what I did in the United States of America. He, later in that answer, he also says, by the way, you're a black guy who got elected twice with the highest approval rating of anybody since Eisenhower. So (laughs) what?
3: The game is fixed. Fixed against you. You can't win. Give up. You're a loser.
4: Um, One of the knocks on Tim Scott, and he demonstrated it right there, he's got, I'm a senator disease. He used several terms there that nobody knows what they mean, unless you're also a U.S. senator. Talking about opportunity zones and the HCUV or whatever. Okay, I'll take your word for it. I don't know what you're talking about in that senator talk
3: yeah interesting you would think given his background he could you know uh you know, get that in check he could yeah. remind
4: himself reminds me of john Kerry he used to do that all the time when he was running for president throwing out various terms and committees and bills and stuff like we all are fixated on those the way they are yeah,
2: yeah. okay we got another clip. is this tim
4: scott more tim scott more tim scott
2: there's a way for us to alleviate poverty not by a race but by the statistics themselves. That's what America stands for. And if anyone should be standing and shouting at the mountaintops that America is not a racist country, it should be the man that Americans supported twice for the nomination and becoming president. The evolution of America is palpable. Progress in this nation, undeniable.
4: Yeah, it's, it's frustrating. It's just the game of politics. You have to present things as as bleakly or as optimistically as you can to try to to win people over. Um, I contend, I still contend, I actually believe this. I believe Hillary got more votes because she was a woman, not less. I believe mm-hmm. Barack Obama got more votes because he was black, not less. I think it was a net plus being black, just like for Hillary, it was a net plus being white. Wouldn't it have been decades ago?
3: Absolutely not. But it is now. You know, on both sides, grievance is such a powerful tool in politics. You can get people fired up by telling them they're, they're screwed and I'm going to stop it. I mean, it's it's always been a huge part of politics. It's a ginormous part of politics now. Again, it exists on both sides. It's why uh, ambulance chaser billboards line the uh, the highways of America. If, if you're aggrieved, you have that power of righteous indignation. It's a good feeling. But around race, it's become increasingly corrosive to the point where you have people claiming, as uh, Tim Scott was addressing, that there's been no progress in race relations in America in like the last 100 years, which is a bit like saying there's been no progress in, uh, in uh, air travel either in the last 150 years. None at all. I mean, it's every bit as absurd.
4: I remember when Barack Obama won and George Stephanopoulos talking about how he cried because he didn't think it would ever happen in this country. And I thought, you, the liberal thought a black man couldn't be president me the conservative i'm not surprised at all the black guy got elected president just uh, why no. not
3: no he's a charismatic young politician he ran a good campaign it's not shocking in the least yeah so i just that's weird isn't it well it's it, that's because the left is so obsessed with race and racism and that is also Why the woke crowd is trying to convince you, focus on race, always on race. You've always got to be aware of people's race. Because if America doesn't give a damn what your race is, they just look at your qualifications. They lose that power of grievance that gives them their wealth and their fame and their funding from Nike and Coca-Cola. And and who am I leaving out? Whatever. They've got to stoke that or they lose their reason for being.
4: Tim Scott touted the fact that he's now third in a number of polls. That's a little like claiming you're the smartest horse. That that joke. I mean, because I mean, it's Trump way at the top. You drop thirty points down to DeSantis, then you drop down to single digits for everybody else. And but Tim Scott's the highest of those, and who knows, maybe growing. Uh, he's my favorite of the crowd out there. So we'll see what he does. But for the guy on top, Trump, um, he's got this whole uh, indictment thing. Don't know if you heard about it. Around the classified documents and uh, not giving them back and all that sort of stuff. So a bunch of polls have come out since the indictment. He has stayed steady or grown. There's no indication whatsoever that it's done him any harm, Hmm. which is kind of interesting on its own. And now the Harvard-Harris poll shows a majority of Americans think he should be pardoned, which I thought was really interesting. That is interesting. Um, So uh, the belief is from Jonathan Turley and Mark Halpern, a couple of different people I read over the weekend, that it is going to become a thing for candidates really soon. If a majority of Americans think Trump should be pardoned, pretty soon all the candidates out there are going to have to be saying, I will pardon him. All Uh, the
3: Republican candidates? Republican candidates are going to have
4: to be willing to say out loud, I would pardon him. If that's, I mean, it's a majority of the country believes that. For Republicans, it's like 85%. Boy, you're right. It's a one-foot pot. Yeah, so you're going to have to say I would pardon him. So I got a, I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole on revisiting the whole pardon of Nixon back in the day by Gerald Ford. And uh, trying to figure out, I got into a conversation with somebody about how that whole work, like, it's an open question whether or not Trump could pardon himself once he's president. Most people seem to think he could, but it's never been done before, so it would probably get challenged and the Supreme Court would have to weigh in on it. Um, but he probably can pardon himself. It, but he could, he could, if the trial hasn't started yet, which most people believe. Although the judge that supposedly is in the bag for Trump over mm-hmm. the weekend told the lawyers they need to hurry a couple of things up. So it looked like she's trying to get this going faster, which does not help Trump at all.
3: Right, his whole legal team is clearly trying to slow this thing.
4: But the but the judge indicated that I'm not going to let you spend like three months trying to figure this out or that out. Have an answer by Tuesday. Wow. So uh, so that gives a little more of a chance that it could at least start before the election. But if it doesn't start till after the election, uh, Trump doesn't have to wait until he's convicted or not to pardon himself because Nixon was pardoned for any crimes he may have committed before mm-hmm. it even went to trial. That was the official wording of the pardon. But here's something I didn't know. So Gerald Ford paid a very heavy price for pardoning Nixon the, the the polling on that was not good at the time. it almost certainly is why he lost a close election to Jimmy Carter. I mean a lot of the country didn't dig the dig the pardon and uh, I remember as a kid being told by my parents that they must have made a deal and I know a lot of people still believe that there's no evidence out there that that is the case that there was any deal made of you know, hey, you resign, I'll pardon you, and I get to be president. That that never happened. There, there's no, there's no. Like I said, there's no evidence of that. Nobody mm-hmm. in the ensuing years has ever written anything about a conversation like that, or um, pardon, uh, or uh, Gerald Ford just thought it would be bad for the country to go through the whole process, and I think he was right. And uh, much later in life, Ted Kennedy, who was really against the pardon at the time. Ted Kennedy gave Gerald Ford the Profile Courage Award, which is named after the book his brother didn't actually write but won a Pulitzer Prize for about the idea when <laughs> politicians go out and you know do things that are not beneficial to them politically, but they think it's the right thing to do. Ted Kennedy came around to believing that it was the right thing for Ford to do, which, to me, ends the conversation. Uh, but Gerald Ford was so bothered by the perception he carried in his pocket a card that had the, the, the uh, text of how the presidential pardon works and what it means, and I didn't know this. A pardon means, according to the Constitution, it is, a, it is the pardoner, the president, saying, we believe you're guilty, and it is the receiver saying, I'm admitting I'm guilty. That is what the pardon is. I've never heard that before. Hmm. I don't think that's the way it's interpreted by most people. I don't think most people think that all those people over the years that have received a pardon are admitting their
3: guilt. So is there a ceremony where all of this is stated, or a folk dance or something like that, or a, a <laughs> tattoo? or You have to wear a scarlet pea on your head. <laughs> pardon. So everybody knows
4: right. you were pardoned by the president and were admitting your guilt. I don't think people know that. I think... That should be more explicitly said, like I think you're indicating. Yeah. When, when you know, presidents pardon their various friends on the last moments they're in office, you know, noon, January 20th, it should be stated more clearly that this
3: is uh, me saying you're guilty and you saying, yeah, I am. Right. Right. Will, uh, will that ever be communicated to people or Trump or will well, anybody it, care? W- or will anybody care? Yeah. Well, I think if we're communicated, that's a different thing, though. Well, I don't know. If you want to know why Ford pardoned Nixon, here's a great uh, metaphor for you. Th- tell me what you think about this. I uh, preemptively declared it great. I know was, the reason: Illuminati. That was haughty of me, and 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 and, and despicable. If halfway through COVID, somebody could have made it so we weren't arguing about Trump anymore. Oh, God. And all of a sudden, people would just be for or against opening schools based on science or be for and against vaccines based on the evidence, et cetera, et cetera. Ford thought we got to end this the whole Watergate thing, the obsession with Nixon. We've got rampant inflation. We're coming off the Vietnam War. Things are ugly in a lot of ways. We can't be in our camps over Nixon anymore. That's why he did it. And I think he was right to do it.
4: If a majority of Americans think Trump should be pardoned, does Biden at any point say he would pardon Trump?
3: God save the Queen, man.
4: We gotta play that again when we come back if you haven't heard that.
3: Yeah, yeah, repeatedly. Ah! I'd have to see how it polled among Democrats. Of course, whether Joe Biden loves his country more than his party at this point. I thought I could answer that question five years ago. Now I can't. Um, is he sincere? Does he actually know what's going on? Can he comprehend it? I don't know.
4: If you haven't heard the clip we just played, the God Save the Great, we got to play you the whole thing. It's, it's interesting. Stay tuned.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
4: The president was in Connecticut talking about gun control. The speech was fairly standard, but you're right. There was something that was a little bizarre at the very end. Take a listen.
6: And uh, it's the least consequential part of this whole meeting for you. I promise. All right. God save the queen, man. God save the queen, man. It's unclear what the president was referring to or if it was some sort of a joke at the end. The president shuffled off stage right
3: after that. Shuffled. (laughs) Well, that's accurate.
4: So he gave a speech about guns. Was that what he was talking about? I think guns.
3: I can't. I think so. Yeah.
4: And then he says, God save the queen. This is from the Axios article about it. Axios, no right wing news outlet. Biden's weird words. President Biden often uses old timey expressions that confound his own staff. That happened to get on Friday when he ended a speech on on gun violence with God save the queen, man. Even Olivia Dalton, the White House's principal deputy press secretary, didn't know what her boss meant. When journalists asked, she replied only that he was commenting on someone in the crowd. Later, the White House didn't respond when Axios asked what Biden meant. Uh it talks about how Republicans often
3: Commenting use, on, to, on someone in the crowd? Who's in the crowd? Prince Harry and his, his actress wife? Now, it does
4: point out that... Uh, Biden also said God save the Queen when he was vice president in January 2017.
3: So there's a precedent. (laughs)
4: After he certified Donald Trump's 2016 election victory. So Axios asked several in current and former Biden aides what the phrase meant. Several gave different answers. Some said they still aren't sure. Uh, as a proud Irishman whose ancestors probably weren't fans of the crown, it may be a phrase of sarcasm. Man. <laughs> Axios God save the queen, man. Axios points out that Biden has an arsenal of wacky phrases. During this year's State of the Union, he told Republican lawmakers, lots of luck in your senior year. Some Biden, Biden allies believe that's his way of saying good luck with that. But at the time, the White House declined to tell the New York Times what he meant, and administration officials still chuckle about how they don't know what he meant either. <laughs> On the campaign trail in New Hampshire, he did uh, several years ago and did just the other day use the phrase lying dog-faced pony soldier. We played that a whole bunch of times. He used that just the other day. Yeah. He's, he's claimed in the past that that line is from a John Wayne movie, but film aficionados haven't been able to find the movie or the phrase anywhere. <laughs> he's got Wow. So nobody has any idea where Dogface Pony Soldier came from. He said it just like over the weekend at some yeah. event. Broke that out again. And said it's from a John <laughs> Wayne movie. But nobody's been able to figure out what movie.
3: Wow. <laughs> God so save funny. the queen, man. Dog God face save the Pony queen, man. Soldier,
4: and good luck in your senior year. None of his friends or aides or anybody have any idea what those things mean or where they came from.
3: Wow, the leader of the free world.
5: That is
4: funny.
3: Then he shuffled off stage. Right. Pull that
2: bat and kept care.
3: There you go. He did his usual which way would I should I go thing, and his yeah. aide ran up behind him and directed him off. And God save the
4: queen, man. Right? So he doesn't wander out into traffic.
3: Here's the King Henry. Coming up, universities have lost their minds. Time to shut them down. Stop.
6: perfect home, sweet home.
2: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: We got this text. What are the turkeys pardoned by the president every Thanksgiving guilty of?
3: <laughs>
4: Deliciousness. Duh. They're admitting their guilt by accepting the pardon.
3: Right. Well, if I'm a turkey, I got that brain the size of a split pea. ha, <laughs> ha. I'm going along with whatever's presented to me, honestly. So, uh I think the evolution is 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 moving on where a lot of Americans no longer think of our prestigious universities as like the these citadels of learning and wisdom and you know, just uh, people who go to these places are they're better than us, you know. They're the elite of the elite and we're lucky to have them. It's more like what what is the matter with you people? <laughs> They're more like like a a, a freaky collection of, of uh, pseudo-intellectuals who run around believing stuff that can't possibly be true. At least that's the way I'm feeling about a lot of it now.
4: You reminded me of a Father's Day column I read in the New York Times. Oh, I should get into that later. God, you want to be annoyed every Mother's Day and Father's Day? Read the opinion pieces in the New York Times or the Washington Post. Oh, just, oh.
3: Anyway. That reminds me of that discussion we had uh, whenever it was last hour or a couple minutes ago. What, when was it about luxury beliefs? About a half an hour ago? Um, those papers in the, their editorial boards are full of those luxury beliefs that they use to show their virtues.
4: Yep, you're right.
3: Anyway, uh, this story, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to present it because it uses a lot of terms. Generally, we don't use on the radio but it uh, it's it's worth telling because it shows you how crazy these people have gone there are two stories one from Northwestern School of Law which is the Pritzker School of Law worth mentioning J.B. Pritzker, the governor of Illinois, whose uh, family, which includes some transgender individuals and has many billions of dollars, they are funding so much of the horrific, soon to be recognized as horrific, experimentation on confused youth all over this country in terms of transgender this and that. They are, they are the super generator of policy and, and medical facilities for this stuff in America. It's an obsession of theirs. Anyway, a transgender law student who attends the prestigious Northwestern Pritzker School of Law reportedly complained about his white. There's some strong language here. If you're easily offended, it's probably not for you. But um, complaining about his white bitchy psychologist as part of his application went on to write about a specific sort of sex toy having sex with Trumpies in the school's law journal. Ishani Choksky, a man who identifies as a woman, was accepted in Northwestern in part due to a personal statement in which he disparaged his white bitchy psychologist who diagnosed him with mental illness, according to a review. Blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> Here is part of his statement that got him into law school. Uh, this is the story of the time I overcame a crippling misdiagnosis by a white bitchy psychologist. It's also the story of how I came to terms with myself as a transgender woman. It puts me in the cliched paradox of having to prove my insanity to you, he goes on and on, rambling like a crazy person. You see, I fell into the Western lack of space when a white woman misdiagnosed me with other psychosis, and possible schizophrenia, Wait. a fate all too common for trans women of color.
4: What was that first phrase there at the beginning? The, the something space? I hadn't heard that one.
3: I fell into the Western lack of space. Okay. It's like that whole safe space thing. I need a space. I don't know. Mm uh let's see uh for the cherry on top she told me i would never get into any law school especially not harvard due to my cannabis use as i had just smoked a joint before coming into the office this frightened me my verbal fluency was essentially unmatchable my overall intelligence very superior and my emotional intelligence extraordinary well you're a fun guy to talk to a woman i'm sorry oh Goes into some detail on that. Once admitted to school, Chosky won the MLK Dream Week Chicago Campus Oratorical Contest despite routinely spamming the entire student body with mundane emails. Chosky would often send emails to a list serve that included every member of the student body. One of which said, "Quote: It is not the judge's tongue but his blank which reigns." He also requested donations of $5,000, $10,000 from the entire student body for his birthday. At one point, here's where it gets good. And by good, I mean shut down the universities. He got into a feud with one of the school's professors after she asked him to step away from the doorway while he was smoking a cigarette. Choksky reportedly called law professor Tonya Jacoby an effing B in public before ultimately apologizing to her in an email uh, that was seemingly forced. This was not a smoking incident. This was a verbal abuse combined with sexist epithets and bullying conduct, the professor wrote in response to Chotsky's email. <clears throat> I have made Northwestern's Office of Equity aware of the situation because it meets the criteria for discriminatory and harassing conduct based on a protected category. Okay, so here's where it gets going. This professor gets accosted by this crazy person, called an effing B. And says, this was sexist and bullying conduct, and I have made Northwestern's Office of Equity aware, blah, 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 harassment uh, based on a protected care uh, category. Chotsky then took the feud to the entire student body, emailing his classmates saying the professor harassed him. I dispute that there was any harassment, and I certainly had no interaction with you that had any relationship to you being trans. The professor wrote back. This claim and its implication it carries can only do considerable harm to the important cause of promoting the rights of trans persons. I read that email as you crying wolf. Well, Chotsky then urged his classmates to spam the professor's inbox in an email denigrating her as a white woman white spelled y t for some reason. Hmm. He emails the entire student body and all the, the, the they get it. they keep going in this uh, this uh, feud. Blah, blah, blah. Well, the dean decided to take the cigarette smoking effing b transgender person's side and announced to the uh, everyone he had taken his side against Jacoby the professor and written to him saying in addition to communicating uh, that her behavior was uncivil, inappropriate, and out of line. I will also instruct her not to contact you. I will also speak with Tanya about the myriad power dynamics at play between the two of you and ensure she is mindful of those dynamics and does not use them to her unfair advantage. So prominent university, law school, professor says, can you not smoke right in the doorway? You're an effing B. And after this weird back and forth, the dean says, I have spoken to her about the myriad power dynamics at play between the two of you and ensure she is mindful of those dynamics and does not use them to her unfair advantage. How do you run a society? You like can't. That? You can't. That you is can't.
4: so crazy. That is so crazy. But, you know, without all the fancy elite education phrases and terms there that's exactly what's going on in grade schools with the whole redemptive justice thing more or less
3: right last month the journal of criminal law and criminology belatedly published his paper about having sex with seven trumpies I invited them into my bed the boys seven of them I know for sure were trumpies many others I can only hazard a guess the second of my seven trumpies told me conspiracies about Jews as I laid naked in his lap my third Trump, he had a framed picture of Bannon on his piano. He would blank me furiously and never climax. What? And the rest of it, I can't even read. This was published in the University Law Journal. Wow. Because they're terrified of this person. Wow. I know. This is one of the leading colleges of law, university, well, schools of law in America at Northwestern University. I mean, this is not like they're teaching, uh, what do you call it, Uh, systemic racism. They're all on their knees begging for mercy from this this transgender lunatic. Meanwhile, over at Johns Hopkins, one of the great citadels of learning in the world. Who do you like better,
4: Johns or Hopkins? To me, It's it's a tie.
3: How many S's is enough for a university? Anyway, Johns Hopkins University has decided to effectively erase women from the school's woke inclusive language guide. Its new definition of what a lesbian is? I saw this. this, They define the term as non-men attracted to other non-men. Women, you have been erased from the world of academia. You don't exist anymore. A woman is not a woman. A woman is a non-man. That doesn't or, seem or, like that would be the progressive view, does it? Or, or if I'm feeling generous, y- y- you could be a birthing person. So you're not a woman. You're reduced to your ability to give birth. Or, and this is the woke thing, you're referred to as menstruators. Or pregnant people. Or uterus havers. <laughs> Can you imagine, and and I'm asking this seriously now, if a person on the right side of the aisle, on, on at least most stuff, which I am, if I on the air routinely referred to women as menstruators, how demeaning and dehumanizing and idiotic would you think I was? Well, if you thought I was very, very all those things, you'd be right. It's time to unplug the internet, as we've agreed many times. It's time to shut down our universities and start again. Clean them out like they're rat infested and start again. I think both men and birthing people are with me. Just
4: since the term trans came up, so I don't have to bring it up again later. RFK Jr., who's polling at like 20%, or at least he was. I don't know. has, Has it started to drop off as he starts? The more he talks, I think the more harm he does himself. Or maybe he's gathering more followers. I don't know, but. RFK Jr. was on Jordan Peterson's show over the weekend and said chemicals in the water are turning kids transgender. Okay. I don't know know what his proof is of this.
3: I read a long Twitter thread of a a scientist um, and science columnist writing about all the stuff he gets wrong and how wacky his theories are and how thoroughly disproved they are and such. Um but that's not going to stand in the way of people who want to believe what he sells.
4: Right. So he's one of those people that has a an outlying opinion on all the stories, right? So transgender comes from chemicals in the water. He's got all this stuff about vaccines that is uh, difficult for him to back up. Um, the CIA killed his dad.
3: Again, that part I can believe.
4: You think the CIA killed Bobby Kennedy? Why?
3: Oh, Bobby Kennedy. I don't know. Maybe he was going to crack down on him. I'm reading. Maybe he wasn't down with some of the CIA's plans for, for instance, you know, the Shah of Iran or or the various yeah. uh, repressive regimes we backed to keep the communists at bay. I'm not uh, saying it was the wrong move, but the, it was controversial.
4: I'm reading the J. Edgar Hoover biography that won the Pulitzer Prize last year. That is a uh, very, very well uh, critically acclaimed. It is really great, but um. You read that, you should believe the government's capable of anything. Unless you think it's way different than it was then, which would make you a sap (laughs) or incapable of being like it was then.
3: Yeah, there's an article at uh, wired.com that uh, the what is it the NSA or somebody hang on. Uh, the U.S. is openly stockpiling dirt on all its citizens. A newly declassified report from the Office of the Director of National Intelligence reveals that the federal government is buying troves of data about Americans.
4: Okay, that's the way they're going out about it uh, now. J. Edgar Hoover was trying to do the very same thing, just in a different way, pre-internet. Pre-being able to grab all this stuff from other sources. Yeah, so the government continues to try to do that and also daniel ellsberg died what friday after we got off the air the guy from the pentagon papers you know you either mm-hmm. know that story or you don't but i mean so he outlined how four presidents in a row had lied to congress and the american people about how the war in vietnam was going unless you think things are way different now than they were then you should believe that anything is possible
3: well what was that uh, big report that came out about afghanistan right. it was i mean a different movie same plot right
4: exactly anyway
3: but the line between concerned and vigilant and paranoid is uh, right. it's a tough one to draw for a lot of people.
4: Excellent point. Uh, our text line is 415 295 KFTC.
3: Armstrong and Getty.
2: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: The Los Angeles Dodgers suffered their worst loss in 125 years over the weekend. Wow. It's not easy to do that in many sports because most sports or teams have not been around that long. Although it's a bit of the stretch. It goes back to when they were the Brooklyn Bridegrooms in
3: 1898. Go, Bridegrooms, go. Marry a victory or something. Mm
4: They lost 15-0 to the San Francisco Giants at Dodger Stadium. Worst home shutout loss ever,
3: Going back, breaking the record set in 1898. Boy, if I'm a Giants fan, I hide my gear and kind of slink out of that stadium because uh, Dodgers fans can get a little violent. Is no it, offense. It's it's Don't beat me up.
4: <laughs> to what extent is it even enough of the same sport to even comment on? I mean, it's barely, right? I don't know. I saw a headline yesterday, one of the all-time greats of history from the early 1900s, Walter Johnson, on this day in history, in like 1902, threw 18 shutout innings, two games back-to-back, doubleheader, all nine innings, both shutouts. And uh, the commentary was, I don't know what his pitch count was, but his testicle count was two. Um,
3: <laughs> nice.
4: But now it doesn't matter how great you're doing. You hit your pitch count, they pull you out, they put in a different pitcher. I mean, the strategy is so much different. Yeah.
3: I don't even know. Anyway. With a perfect game going, oh, the gods cry when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> the
4: gods cry. Um, I want to play this again. This is Barack Obama on a podcast over the weekend.
2: I think there is a long history of
4: african-american or other minority candidates within the republican party who will validate america and say everything's
1: great and we can all make it
4: you don't wouldn't want to validate america he's talking about nikki haley and tim scott in particular candidates of color on the republican side claiming you can still make it out there when clearly you can't why would you even try victor davis hansen who are a fan of around here tweeted out, from which of his three mansions, the one in Kalarmara, I don't even know where that is, Martha's Vineyard, or the Hawaii beachfront, did the prep-schooled, Ivy-leagued, multi-millionaire Barack Obama sound off on Senator Tim Scott, who had denied that he had been a victim? You tell him
3: VDH. That's pretty good. God, that is so disingenuous and corrosive. These people don't care about trashing their country and, and, and throwing acid at it. If it'll get them votes and contributions, just stoke those grievances, and it makes people cynical about actual racism. That's the worst part of it, perhaps.
4: My kids got me a for Father's Day. We got it at the grocery store. Um, it was a cake that looked like a cheeseburger. You know, cheeseburger is one of my favorite foods. It's really good, really well done. Um, said Happy Father's Day on it. I also got this shirt, this purple terry cloth shirt. My brother my brother. My son picked me out at Target. Really like that.
3: Very nice. Yep. But, the other,
4: but the other thing we got at the store was steaks. Gonna grill steaks. And I've, I think I've said this on the air before, but I'm gonna say it again just to reconfirm it and to maybe get this monkey off my back. I realize that I go down um, in the eyes of my children and maybe uh, <laughs> all, all God and man by saying this out loud. I'm not good at grilling. I don't want to be good at grilling. I hate grilling. If I never grilled again in my life, I'd be perfectly fine with it. And I know you're not supposed to say this as a man. Not unless you're coming out
3: as transgender.
4: I hate grilling. I'm not good at it, but I'm, I'm not good at it because I don't care. I don't want to be good at it. I don't enjoy it. It's a chore I despise. And I cook the steaks poorly, even though they were very expensive.
3: Wow. Wow. I know. Wow. I know. I know. I know. Uh, I, know all, fellas, I know
4: all the hate that comes with saying that out loud.
3: Guys, email me. And, and women, too, certainly. And eunuchs and, Unix and uh, probably more intelligent beasts. Oh, Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com.
4: Almost certainly never get to have sex again in my life, having said that out loud. Because what <laughs> what woman could possibly respect a man with that attitude?
3: But you've cleansed your soul. But I haven't spoken the truth. It's true. If it's true, it's true. <sighs> I'm trying to think if there's something corresponding I could confess to. And the, the spirit of... I don't know. Uh, reconciliation. <laughs> I don't know what we need to reconcile for. I
4: bought but. these super expensive steaks and just turned them to charcoal on one side.
6: God oh. save the Queen. Man. It was, it was
4: like 50 bucks for two steaks. I mean, I, I never spend that much money
3: on meat, it's too expensive. Would you like a couple of helpful hints? Some grilling hints? I'd be cares. happy to jot some stuff down. I don't want to be it. good at it, I just want, I don't want to do it. How about I? Yeah, boil but you them. like steak. I love steak. It's like a magic power. You can get beautiful steak in your house, and yet you turn up your nose. I love. Who are you? I love someone
4: else cooking me steak.
3: Armstrong and Getty. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
6: Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024,